0: to the Black Minds.
1: On, what up, everybody? I'm your boy, Zach. I'm here with my good sis, Bree, my homie, Sin, and we are the Black Minds. This is the official season two of the Black Minds. Today, we have a special guest. I've known this brother for three years. He's a teacher, educator, I mean, he's a great man, great father. Um, Mr. May, aka control may. Nice to have you on the show, man. <laughs> hey, thanks for having me. How are you? Appreciate it Yeah. i Yeah. Nice. Tired, but I'm good. All right, all right, all right. We're gonna get right into it. So
2: okay. why why did you want to become a teacher? Oh man, um someone, for a while I didn't really know what I wanted to do, but when I was a junior in high school. Um, one of my teachers came up to me. They were like, "Hey, there's a uh, there's a teacher club at the end of school. You should join." I'm like, "Nah." So <laughs> I was like, thought like, you know what? I right, I'll join. I'll see what it's <sighs> about." And then uh, once I joined, um, one of my close friends of mine who lived across the street, they needed help. Like they needed help with the uh, tutoring and math. So I used to tutor him. And I also doing like some student teaching at the time so that's when i kind of figured out what my you know figured out that's what my purpose was and then i remember was a teacher i had in uh ninth grade his name was mr seuss he was a math teacher i was never good at math but it was like when i got in his class it was like everything just clicked right and because of that interaction that i had with him was like i started making honor roll There was something different about his teaching style that that just inspired me. So, so I felt like, you know, this teacher helped change the trajectory of my life along with my stepfather. But then I I wanted to do the same thing for other kids and like in the hood and you know, Patterson, North, any urban area where kids are underserved. That's what I wanted to do for them. Cause it was done for me. So it was just my, my way of like paying them forward. That's what's up, man. That's what's up. That's what's up. That's, that's real powerful.
1: Um, I also want to ask you, what are your thoughts on the school system
2: in this present day, in this present era? Um, it it cheats us, like it, and melanated people. It cheats us because one of the main problems with melanated, with the melanated community, we don't really know who we are, and we've we've grown accustomed to to the assimilation of someone else's culture, right? So, you know, so. The history that we learned, like it's it's not, it doesn't reflect us at all. And a lot of times, the, the furthest it goes back is like slavery. And they might mention some stuff about Africa here and there. And I think a lot of schools, especially charter school, they're more open minded to um, changing the curriculum. Like the school I teach at now, they're like trying to incorporate a lot of these different things. However, um, it it cheats us because we. They don't teach us about who we are. They don't teach us about things that actually matter. You know, they don't really they only equip uh, equipped us with how to navigate in the real world. Um, so right. We're being cheated, and it it definitely needs a change. And uh, that's definitely uh, definitely something that I'm trying to spearhead. Even when I when I do teach when I do teach history, I always try to teach uh, the truth. You know about where we come from. Who we were way before slavery, way before there was even um, um, Bibles and Qurans constructed. I go all the way back because it's important that we know who we are, so that way we could have a true identity. And a lot of times, if we know what our identity is, we won't make some of the the crazy mistakes that we that we make as a people. Absolutely, absolutely. So,
1: how you feel about when? parents or like people in general they'd be like if they see like safety to see this usually happens to a lot of black young uh, males in our communities if they just see a black male that like is tall they have a great physique they're very athletic why why do you feel like they always be like oh you should play sports when instead we can just tell them we can always tell them like yo you can open up a business you can be an entrepreneur things of that nature why do you feel that we always go to that be an athlete where we can do so much more
2: Oh, I mean that's that's easy. It's it's it's, it's the media. It's what's we what we allow into our into our heads. You know, we a lot of us we watch a lot of TV, and it's a lot of it's a lot of parents having children young. It's like they haven't they don't they haven't had those things and had people instill that into them. So and that's that's like the the easy stereotype. You know, oh you you're strong and athletic, so let's put you in sports. And you can and they kind of just like hope they can make it big and you know, just by playing sports, but like you said, we don't there's not enough we're not exposed to a lot of positive examples in, inside our own communities of what entrepreneurship look should look like and what it's supposed to look like. Cause watch like, like even in North, I would just use Patterson for example. You go to Patterson, all the businesses are ran by other races. Right. The, the only thing that we might have is what like a Jamaican spot, but that's not even that's not even that. Those are people from different countries. 7 Eleven, that's Indian Chinese food, that's Chinese people, um, or Asian people, uh, the cleaners, that's like Asian people, the nail salons Asian people. You know what I'm saying? So we're not exposed to that. So we because we're not exposed to it, we kind of psych ourselves out and we just we think that. This is all we can do. Some of us think that way. That's all we can do um, because we're not exposed to it. Because we're not exposed to it, we don't think we can. We don't even even think to aspire to be an entrepreneur. And even when it's taught to us, it's like, yeah, well, I got. I thought like I got a better chance of being, you know, being a, a athlete, a football player, or a rapper, or a right. basketball player. You know what I'm saying? Then, and then it's like we also to be real. We're just afraid of the hard work, you know, we kind of, we want it, we want it easy. And that's why melanated people, they, they go, they, they rely on drugs. They want the fast money, the fast money with being an athlete that, that comes to you, what, you, figure, well, you play sports for four years, five years, you know, maybe another, th- a year or two in college and all of a sudden you're a millionaire. Like nobody want to put that hard work into to be an entrepreneur. That's Absolutely. They, they're going. They're going to, cuss them to the fast money.
3: Do you feel that social media um, very much impacts the way that Black people are seen in the media? I mean, seen like in society and by others.
2: Social media. I think um, it def- it it definitely contributes. I don't. I don't think that it's it's a big factor because um these other factors that i mentioned earlier, they existed before social media came along. However, what I will say is that it it's made things worse. I think it so it, it plays a role. The problem that already persisted, it kind of just like elevated the problem because now uh everything's on display. You can't really hide from anything. So I think it I don't think uh I think social media it it can be used uh, to portray um, our people in a good light, but more often times than not, it's perpetuating the same stereotypes that that's already been there. And I think. So, I think if there was no social media, I think uh, I don't think things would be as bad as they are. I think mm-hmm. it definitely elevates the uh, it elevates the uh, the the way that we look at uh, black people for sure.
0: All right, Mister May. My question for you is: What black business? What black business ventures are you involved in, or currently, a- currently, or about to be involved in, to make the black community better?
2: Oh, good question. So, yes, yeah, so I mentioned to to that. Well, first, what I like uh, one of my side businesses is um, I do uh, I do life insurance and um, mutual funds and investments. Uh, through uh, through Prime America, so that's, that's one way. That's one way I help uh, our people um, just be more financially savvy um, on my own, and just bringing that education to them, teach them how to save their money, and um, teach them how to protect their their income and their assets and their family. Because um, perfect example this COVID thing. Nobody saw this COVID thing coming, and we a lot of people lost people. A lot of people didn't have uh, any kind of you know, income protection at all. So imagine you grieving and you you grieving the loss of a loved one, and but you're also trying to raise money just to pay for a funeral and figure out what's what. So that's one thing I do. The the other thing, um, I've partnered with a, uh, with this in, really intelligent woman um, named Aja. Oh, she has her own organization called STAN and we're in collaboration and she's a, it's a organization based here in New Hampshire. And she, she she's about her main goal is a, a destroying systemic racism and figuring out how to make our people better and more unified through, by changing the way that we eat, how we get our food, how we grow our food, how it's dispersed, um, educating our people about you know where we come from, um, educating our people about um, the different types of foods that are bad and contributing to our demise as a people. But the main thing that she and I have talked about was trying to dismantle this, uh, systemic racism in education. Um, that's where I'll start. So, trying to get the curriculum changed, trying to incorporate like real actual um, history into the schools, so that way you know people are knowing they're knowing and understanding um, who we are as a people, and not just from the lens of perspective of someone else.
1: Okay, that's dope, that's dope. That's what's up, that's what's up, man. I also want to ask you, um, you you know, when I met you, you was working in a charter school, and you now working in a public school, correct? I still work in a charter school. Oh, you still work in a I-
4: charter...
1: Oh, okay, okay, okay. Do you feel like charter schools, Um, is there anything that they can better change about the curriculum? Like, do you think the charter school curriculum is better than the public school curriculum? Or vice oh. versa?
2: Yeah, I mean, public school, they... It's just it's set up. I found out um, it's just set up to. It just train it, it trains us to just learn how to work in the in a factory, an assembly line. Teaches how to just take orders, follow basic orders, do basic math, basic reading. It doesn't really challenge you to critically think. So I would I'd never support the public school system, even though I'm a product of the public school system. But being, you know, looking at it from a different perspective now, like having to teach some of the things is, is detrimental to to us. And like, like I said, in the beginning, we're being cheated. Charter school, what I, what I could appreciate is that they're always trying to do better and incorporate new ideas in and in a new way to present those ideas. So I think um, they're more, charter schools are more forward thinking. They have more leeway with curriculum. Um, There's not they're not as strict so they can they can have like like, like my child school like fifth grade they're learning Spanish already. I didn't learn Spanish until I was in high school. Facts. They learn Spanish now, they learn like music then like we also even in like what teaching ELA, English language arts, we um like we teach them about like the Declaration of Human Rights. You know, we get into a lot of different things that I myself when I was a child we didn't get into. And even some of the trainings that we get, we're always like training how to incorporate, um, incorporate like real world connections into the lesson. So, so instead of you know saying oh you, like Zach, you gotta learn this because I said something, that's it. You know, like the question that always comes up is like, well, why? Why do I need to learn this? Um, you know, what's the purpose of this? And we try to make sure everything that we teach, you can see the actual purpose. We we do things that allow you to see the purpose. So, like for example, we we take the kids around the community in East Orange. We take them to um, entrepreneurs, like Black business owners in the in the in the uh, city, and we also take them to to the suburbs too. We want to show them like the difference. I like, never I never never had that as a child. Like I'll go on field trips to certain places, and that's it. The only place I went to, other than the uh, traditional field trip was, like, Camp McCain's and that was it, mm. so I'm able to, we're able to give our kids, like, so much better, and, like, and it's, it's predominantly black kids, there's some Latino kids, and we definitely try to tie in their heritage with, with everything we do as well, but, um, but child schools are definitely better, all charter schools, they don't, they're not executed, um, where they would like to, um, but, um, when you compare the type of curriculum that's being taught to the public school, it's, 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 a night and day difference to me. Right. Right. Now
1: I want to get down to the nitty gritty. Me and you, we um argued on Facebook. We have, now I wouldn't say argued, but we, <laughs> we've had an exchange of <laughs> words on Facebook. Um, Your views on the black lives matter movement. Um, oh, yeah. Please tell my co host and the people that checks us out, can you please educate us on the conspiracy of the Black Lives Matter movement?
2: Yeah, man. So I had to do a lot of research, like the past. I'm always trying to learn. So at first, I thought it was just a regular, you know, orga- organization that's just about Black lives, you know, being just as important as everyone else's. And well, when you look a little bit deeper behind it. You go on their their webpage. start reading stuff and it's like, you know, we're trying to, you know, we're set out to disrupt the nuclear, the Western nuclear family. I'm like, wait a minute, hold up. Like, so you're trying to disrupt a a two-parent household? So you look at the statistics now, even like back in the 60s, it was like 25% of mothers, it was 25% single mothers out there in the 60s when we were fighting for regular uh, civil rights. Now, the number is close to 80%. 80% single parents, single, single black mothers and and, and fathers. That's a problem. And this organization saying black lives matter, but that's the one that's a that's the main thing that's affecting our community. Kids growing up without a father or mm-hmm. not having a household. That's the main thing. And I could tell you, I could attest this because when I was growing up without my father. I didn't know where I was going. I had, I had no clue where my, how my life was going to turn out. No clue at all, I was I was lost. And then my stepfather came along, he was the first person to tell me that I was smart and I could do something. Not that my mother's doing a horrible job, but look at the system. She, you know, she working to make ends meet, right? So she's not home. There's only but so much she could do. She's trying to provide a roof for over our heads. But then my stepfather came in, he stepped up and was there and completely like completely changed the trajectory. Then it was my teachers who were elevated, but black fathers not being the home is a, is a real real problem that people overlook and the black lives matter movement. They're trying to disrupt that. And I'm not getting down with that And on top of it. It's a, it's a Marxist route this is Marxism doesn't, it's not going to work. I heard about that. I heard about yeah. that. Yeah. And all this is, this is all on the, on their website. And so that's my gripe with it. I'm like, I'm not, I can't get down with an organization like that. However, it's completely different from the concept of black lives matter. Like you have the concept, but you also have like the actual organization that's getting money from our people. And I and our people aren't seeing a dime of that money. It's going to all these um, democratic candidates. We're not seeing a dime. They've done nothing for us. They did nothing at all. And I'm not I'm not backing the organization that's that's contributing to the demise of our people. I can't I can't get down with that. And when I talked about that, I was very clear on my on my statusism when I was talking about that, and people. Coming at me like like I'm saying I don't I don't as if I don't like black people I'm like I'm, I'm one of the most pro black people you'll ever meet but because I said I don't, I don't agree with Black Lives Matter I think people got confused they probably thought well, I didn't agree with the concept but I'm I'm yeah we 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 do need to matter we need to matter more and um and and the other comment that I think I think that me and Zach probably went back and forth on a little bit was uh like the fact that Black Lives Only Matter well, we agree on this, but we kind of got into it more like black lives don't even matter once a white person is shooting another a black person. And that's not gotten to like, you know, like, like, I want people to keep that same energy when all these people in Paris, Newark, Chicago, Detroit, all these people are getting, all these innocent black kids and black adults getting killed by our own people. I want people walking off the set for that. I want people protesting for that. Now, that's not to say that, they, that there aren't any protests at all, but we're we're contributing to our own demise more than the police are. And every time we we take a, one of our one of our own lives, there's not always justice. And we know this because we know about the stop snitching movement. We know that shit is real. Like we know we, we know like in certain Absolutely, absolutely, times, you're right, absolutely. They say nobody talks to police. So that's that's where I was with that. Uh, all right,
3: I, sorry. Uh you can go sincere.
0: All right, my next question for you Mr. May is so Yes, last night was the uh, NFL kickoff and stuff. Um the Kansas City mm-hmm. Chiefs against the Houston Texans mm-hmm. and I would say before, I would say after the national anthem, um both the Chiefs team and the Texans team, they both come together came together for the uh for the unity uni, um or holding up uh, each other's uh, arms and stuff. And uh the fans the Kansas City Chiefs fans of uh, starting to boo and I wanted to know like your thoughts on that like like what are your thoughts on that
2: Oh that's I think there's I don't I don't I don't understand why people would boo that I think uh, any attempt to try to even if, even if people are misguided on why they want unity I think just the that the attempt to want to be unified as a as a people and it's like together, no matter what the race is, is such a beautiful thing. And that, that attempt needs to be, it needs to be recognized. and should be applauded when there's so much, there's so much division in society. There's so much division amongst our own people. Um, so I think it's wrong that, that the fans would boo that. I get their frustration. They're probably frustrated because, you know, like, they're, they're taking these types of stands, but I don't understand how if the goal if the goal is let's be unified and let's like try to bring attention, let's try to be better as people, there's no way I can't get behind somebody having a problem with that. I think that's 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 not going to be beneficial for us as as a society.
1: Right, right. I want to backtrack a little bit Um, earlier when you we was talking about the Black Lives Matter movement and you stated yeah. about, you was talking about the fathers. I, see, we, we disputed about that as mm-hmm. well. It's a huge stereotype in the black community when it comes to black fathers, man. And I'm gonna tell you why. Mm-hmm. I did, I did, th- I definitely did the research. The mm-hmm. number of fathers that are in black children's lives, the percentage is higher than any other race in this world alone, bro. Mm-hmm. I understand your testimony as to far as far as you know your father was in your life. I get that,
2: mm-hmm. but
1: I but a lot of people that I know personally, fathers was in their lives, man. And I feel mm-hmm. that it's a huge stereotype in our community, and it's very detrimental because it's also it's also making more more of a what's the word I'm trying to find? It's making it more harder for black men in this country because you know not you know. Black women get it bad too, but it's making it more hard for black men in this country, you know, to get by because we have this stereotype like, oh, he, you know, he has kids, he's not there for them. Um, mm-hmm. he you probably, know, he's probably been in jail before. He's, mm-hmm. you know, he treats women bad. You get what I'm saying? So I feel that we we shouldn't we shouldn't feed into that stereotype because it's very detrimental. Yes, I understand your pops wasn't there. Yes, I get that. You know, mm-hmm. you, should, you should feel how you feel, but I I think you shouldn't put it out there that oh all black men are not there in their kids lives you get you get what i'm saying
2: yeah yeah now, i i agree with you and, and i'm not and just to be clear I, i'm not i don't think i said and i don't think i don't think you meant to, to to uh imply that i said this but i don't recall saying that all that it's typical that black well, that all black fathers aren't there for their kids i'm i'm referring to two-parent households having got why got you Yeah, why is that important? Because you need you scientifically, you need a a a chemical balance. You need the masculine energy and the feminine energy. You need a balance of both of those things. So yeah, like I I I I'm not I do know that there's there's fathers that's in their kids' lives, right? But the structure of a family, um, we don't we don't grow up with we don't grow up with that enough. Compared to our counterparts, um, and then as it pertains to, now going could speak on what I know and what the numbers show. Like in, t- in terms of like like the inner cities, there um, there there are a lot of absent fathers or or part time fathers, and and that and that needs to change also. And I I wrote a post like, even for fathers that said we gotta like it's it's cool that we celebrate but we we still got we still got to. Do- Better, we still gotta do more because it's still. I know a lot of women, and I've, I've talked to so many women just this past year. I hear the same stories oh, father ain't father ain't shit. father, they just left, they just don't care. I hear it just, just like I know, I know this doesn't represent everybody, all black people. I know that, but I shouldn't be hearing it, shouldn't be that common, right? Like, and I and I know this because. When I tell, like when people when women see how involved I am in my daughter's life, even though I'm a single dad, you no, know, even I was married and everything, but they see how involved I am, they, 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 they never, they never relent on telling me how rare that is. And you, but you're right, it it, it is it is some of a stereotype. It is a stereotype that some of us do feed into, um, but having a two parent household is is what I was more alluding to that, that needs the black, to black the the black the black home. Right, exactly. Yeah. Just like the, the family structure. That's the what black, I, the black family. I get it. Right, right.
1: I get it. I get it. I get it. Um also now moving on. I want to ask you oh you, you go you going Bree? Yeah I think she had a question
3: yeah. Um I was just gonna ask how does the the fathers to the children, like the father being around, how does that pertain to the Black Lives Matter movement? Like why does that make you not want to be a part of that?
2: Oh, because they're out to disrupt that. They they're trying to tear that down. They just want to tear down the, the family structure. There's a, see, there's a direct correlation. We got we have many issues in the inner cities and in the urban areas. And in these in, in these inner cities, there's either fatherless homes, or the fathers aren't around the way that they should be. And there's no coincidence that these are the type in these cities they run they run rampant. It's chaotic because there's no, there's no balance of masculine feminine energy. There's no real consistent guidance. So because in a lot a lot of like. A lot of women, they grow up without their father. They they're missing that. That's a, that's the first validation they're supposed to get from a man. It's from their father. They grow up making poor poor decisions because they are seeking for they're seeking that validation. And what happens as a result? They make they make mistakes. They fall for the wrong type of guy, just for the sake of wanting to be accepted and feel secure in themselves. And they end up they get pregnant early. And they end up repeating the same vicious cycle that probably their parents or some of the other relatives have repeated. And we have children having children, and they didn't have any guidance. So they're not going to, and and the guy that they end up talking to ain't, ain't really anything. The child's going to end up repeating the same thing. And that's what that's what's happening. That's why it's, it's such a deep cycle that we're in.
3: So how does Black so Matter do with that? Say it again? How does Black Lives Matter have to do with that?
2: Yeah, so it's so like I said, so the organization that went, their mission statement is is that they want to disrupt the Western the, the Western um, nuclear family, which means that they they don't want two parent households. And we're the we're the we're the race that suffers the most from single parent households. There's more single black parents than there are single white parents. Doesn't mean that the father isn't in their life, but you know they're doing it on their own. Black Lives Matter is out to destroy that. And it said in their mission statement, I don't understand how um, how they could want to be out to disrupt that when that's our problem in the beginning. Because if that wasn't, if if, if, if Black people, if, if it was typical and common for Black people to have two-parent households, I guarantee you we wouldn't be in the state that we're in. We'll be more successful Black people and I get I, I get I get why you're phrasing the question we, we because I know Black Lives Matter that they, they want you to believe that it's just about black lives and caring about black lives and you know injustices not being um, perpetuated over and over again. Like I said, that's a concept. But when you look into the organization for who they really are, how much money that they made, and how it's not being poured into not one black community. And what their mission statement is, and the fact that it's a it's a Marxist organization, it's not something that's it's not beneficial for our people. And it's, and the main reason why it's not beneficial for our people is because they're their whole they're trying to fight not 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 everybody who supports Black Lives Matter, but they use the name to fight racism with racism, and they're using Black Lives Matter the Black Lives Matter name and platform to to loot and tear up tear up their own cities. It's not beneficial for black people. And it is is causing us to absolve absolve ourselves from blame. Because we're killing our people more than anybody is. And yeah, because we live around, we live yeah, we live around each other, I get it. That doesn't mean it's okay. And it shouldn't be okay. It needs to be talked about more. We need to start making better decisions. We need to like we did the way that the white people, they take care of, the, of their homes in the suburbs. We could do that with the in, in the place of where we, where we live at. We could go to the parks and keep our parks clean. Like We could we could keep litter and garbage off the street. We could start making better decisions about the type of people that we choose. And fathers, because black men could start making better decisions about just choosing to be in their child's life. Not just a little bit, but the way that they're supposed to be. And making those necessary sacrifices, so that way we could all we could all be better as a people and start making real change. It's not because I, 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 I tell people all the time I mean, Black Lives Matter, the organization is cute and all, but okay, if I, if if not one other police kills on a black person, you I want y'all to be honest with me: Is the state of black people, going to change? Are we going to get better as a people? now one racist and racial injustice happens again from today going forward, are black people as a community gonna be better because of that if that never happens again?
1: I'm not really sure that's a good question i'm not i'm gonna be i'm gonna be straight up honest with you i'm gonna be straight up on I feel that it would be less black people dying um i I'll tell you that but would it? it would i think. But let me tell you something about. Do, so, okay,
2: do you believe in black on black crime? What do you mean? Do I believe? Do I believe it happens? Or like, in, like, like,
1: I, like, like, do you feel like you know how people be like? Um, how can I say it? Do you feel like people be like? Uh, a, do you feel like a black person will kill a black person because they're black?
2: Oh, mm, nah, nah, nah. Okay. I, Nah, I think no. Nah, I think black people kill other black people because because of uh, masculinity complex, you know, because of for poverty, but it's mostly because of masculine uh, masculinity uh, complex. Yeah, you know I mean, you know how I many children died this year from gang related violence? I mean, been, they're being in their house and they're getting there's bullets flying. Matter of fact, in Patterson the other day. The kids on Zoom at home. And kids got shot, bullets flying, in. not not because not because they were aiming at the kids, not because the kids were black, just a masculinity complex. Just because you have a gun, you need to, you have something to prove, for what?
3: Well, so, I feel like I'm sorry.
2: Go, uh,
3: uh, I feel like the Black Lives Matter movement. It's not only just going into fact about how police brutality is going on. It is Mm -hmm. also just seeing how there is a system that is created that deliberately targets black people, whether it's the law, whether it's social media, whether it's the news, whether, however, that something that alters the way that people view black people, that's what we Mm -hmm. are protesting. Mm
2: -hmm. And
3: the, in terms of black on black crime and black on black violence, we black, uh, not black, but white people, based on everything that they've done to us, they've kind of, in a sense, harmed the way that our communities progress. It's since slavery has held us back in so many ways, and I feel like black on black crimes happen because we are put in the communities that are made specifically for black people. And notice that those communities are not, never ever good communities. Like it's rare that you walk and see a thriving black community where there's jobs and nice houses and pretty stores. It's hard for black people for them. They never seem to care about us enough to put us in a community that could possibly benefit us. So I feel like, yes, it's an issue, but it also has to do with how it's constructed, how we are constructed, where we are placed as humans. It's all systemic, systematic. That's what I meant to say, I'm sorry. Or systemic. Yeah, but yeah. I feel like it's not, it's not yes, black people, we kill black pe- other black people, and that's completely wrong and it's not right. It's not right for white people to do it. It's not right right for black people to do it. However It is not necessarily our complete fault that we were in the situation. We didn't ask to be in the situation. We didn't ask to be taken from Africa and brought over here and enslaved for 400 years and be pushed back on all the opportunities like generational wealth and all these things. So I feel like we cannot necessarily bring up Black-on-Black crime in situations like
2: this. So, that's what I- gotcha yeah, I, I understand where you're coming from and um so uh, yeah so yeah, I I I'm with you like I do understand that that's a lot of stuff is a lot of stuff is systemic um however um yeah, it, it it is systemic and I only I only bring up I only bring up the you know us clean each other more because when we say black lives matter, all I'm saying is that it needs to matter in every aspect, not just when it's you know when it's convenient. And I'm, and I'm saying that you're saying that, but not just when it's because because let's be let's be real. It's easy to get upset when it's a racial thing. But I I'm saying I just want the same energy when it's our own killing our own because that why because that happens more. And and just that, that you're saying that we've been put in these situations, but. I think it's important to acknowledge that all of us aren't out here doing this. And there's people who grew up in situations like mine, but worse situations than I had, and they're millionaires. So why were they able to be successful going through a worse, being in the same conditions, worse situations, not having any parents, being homeless and everything? Thank thank God I never had to be homeless or anything. They're able to, to work hard, make better choices, and make some of themselves, and they're able to live in certain neighborhoods where they, where the mentality is the same, where they take care of um, their property and their surroundings. So all I'm saying is that yeah, like I hear you. Systemic recently we, we like we have been held back by them. However, as of now, we're not we're not completely being oppressed. we're, we're oppressing ourselves more than they're oppressing us. Because we've we we subconsciously allowed it. We've allowed it with our music. We, we've allowed it with the by perpetuating the same stereotypes. We've allowed it by the choices that we make. And life is all about choices. Cause watch, watch this. If I if I went to your house and dropped uh, three hundred thousand dollars of drugs on your doorstep, are you going to sell it?
3: I mean, if I feel like if I was, it's all depends on how you're raised and what you've seen. Like Mm -hmm. some people are forced to be in the gangs from when they're young and they didn't have a choice. They just had to, because that's what, that's a community that they were in. And for the people that did get up and, you know, have a brain and say, you know what? I don't want to be in this situation. Those are Mm -hmm. people who, you know, probably were the one who stood out and branched out and said, Hey, this isn't a good situation. And I don't think I want to be in this anymore. But mm-hmm. the people that don't know anything else but the situation that they have been in for all their lives, it probably does seem like, you know, they're in poverty, don't have money. So maybe if they do get all these drugs on their front, they're probably going to sell it because in their mind, at, at the end of the day, it's a mindset. So in the end, in their mind, they're like, this is the only way that I can survive. This is the only way that I can take care of my family. I can take care of myself mm-hmm. because I this is all that I know. Right. So. Right. It's not. It's not everyone's fault. It is a choice, but sometimes it's not a choice. And as you probably know, it's so hard to get out of a gang. It's yeah. so hard to leave those type of situations and flee. And for the people that do, that's absolutely amazing. But it's definitely mm. not an easy thing to do.
2: Agree. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's, yeah exactly. It's a hundred percent. I agree with you. It's not easy. Doesn't mean it's impossible though. And I think a lot of us, we like I said earlier, we're 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 afraid of the hard work. We're afraid to be uncomfortable. We're afraid to feel that. Nobody wanna be an outcast. You know what I'm saying? Like nobody wants to, you know, be the person to stand out for for whatever they believe in. Like nobody nobody wants to go through the scrutiny of standing out and being different. You know, that's that's just a fact of the matter. Um regardless of how Regardless of how how we grew up like like I said my like my mom was on drugs like every, almost everybody in my family was on drugs like, like I was my mother had like what I think three or four miscarriages before I came I was born in six months I wasn't in a full term my mother' wow. still, yeah my mother's still doing drugs even when she had me but she stopped I think when I was born like I said my father was in and out he didn't do drugs but he was he wasn't there. And the rest of my family, a lot of my, a lot of people in my family, are like recovering um, drug addicts. And I, and I lived in Patterson, and all my friends, or all my close friends at the time, they all end up. Even though they, we hung around each other, eventually, they all end up hanging around with different people, and making different choices. They, they started doing drugs, also. So I had every excuse to be another statistic. That's all. It was in my. It was really in my DNA. Like I had every excuse to to acquiesce and capitulate to the things that were around me. It was easy. It could have You can make an argument. It was easy for me, but I just, I just didn't. I just, I just don't. I don't want to be. I just don't want to be like that. Like I. I was, but.
3: Um. What made you want to be the one to make a change and be different from others? What like I know you talked about earlier. What inspired you? But. I feel like um, what really like pushed you to be like I don't want this situation for myself when I'm older.
2: Like, what? Got you. Um, I think I, as far as I can remember, I think uh, I think I was going to sixth grade. I think I was I moved to Florida for a while, and I think uh, even. Yeah, no, no. I moved to Florida. I got that experience being around like predominantly white people, and I came back up after we couldn't. My mom couldn't find a job down there. We came back up, and and I started. I started. I went to the pubs when I started uh, doing some of the things that they were doing, like the bad kids were doing, hanging out, bullying people. But then I think, um, damn, I think. What really had me tie everything together was I think it was just my, my stepfather. My stepfather then also my mother like telling me she was on you know, telling me she was on drugs and telling me the story. So I think by her just being honest and like, yeah, like, you know, I was on drugs and this and that and that and being around other people who were on drugs and and then they talk about how that messed up their life. Um or had it kind of like they wish they could have done done things different. I think that's what kind of like no, I I gotta be I gotta be different. I don't want to I don't I never want to be forty years old and talking about you know I wish I could I, I need a, I wish I could have a do over. So I think it was it was a lot of different things. Like I think it, but I think it started with my stepfather, and then no it started with my mother being honest and my stepfather and then like just like. To people who I was around, because they were all recovering addicts, like constantly like pouring into me and and just like just like te- teaching what they know. That's why each one teach one. That's the the best quote that there can be because any anything that's as of great knowledge it needs to be shared. And I think uh, if it wasn't for those people sharing those things with me, or my stepfather, like just I guess it's, seeing potential in me, even if I didn't see it in myself. I don't know. I don't know if I would ever saw it. Um I probably would have ended up doing the same thing. I really think I, I would have. I was like that close to being in that space. But I think I think that's what it is. It's a few of those different factors that contribute to that.
1: All right, right. Now moving on, um that was a great that was a great uh testimony right there, May. Um now, moving on, I want to ask you, what is your thoughts on Donald J. <laughs> Trump? Because, like, again, like again, me and you, like we, like we, we, be going at it on Facebook, and you've had, you know, different views on the on, on this man, and, and you know, mm-hmm. I, like I said, you know, I want you to tell the people that check us out and tell our
2: co-hosts what are your thoughts on Donald J. Trump. So, at first, I didn't, I didn't like him at first. Um, that so I, I was listening to what they were saying about him on the news. I just thought I just believed everything I heard about him and never researched anything. And just that was it. I didn't think at all. I let other people think for me. And I and, and I voted for Hillary Clinton, but I didn't know any better. So then, the past year, I'm like, let, let me. I'm 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 always learning something. Let me let me do some more research. Let me. What's going on? Let me see what's going on with with this dude. So, like, I'm, I'm I, so once you understand what the what the bigger picture is, like things will start making more sense. Like they're trying to, Hillary Clinton was supposed to win that election, and they were gonna bring it. They, they're trying to do this. They're trying to do this this new world order thing. That's a real thing. How do I notice this? It's on the United Nations website. The New World Order Project. So it's it's out it's out in our faces, and they were they were gonna try to, um, you know, deem deem people as terrorists and start putting us in these uh, FEMA camps and everything. And Hillary Clinton was gonna spearhead that because Obama passed Obama passed a law where you can you could deem a certain group a terrorist and start making things um, making things happen once you declare that but nobody like nobody didn't like Trump because Trump wasn't Trump had one Trump had has his own money so he didn't need Bill Gates anybody he has his own money he ran his own campaign so a lot of people don't mess with Trump because he didn't need them so I was like okay that makes sense All right, cool but do I think he's a great role model no I'm not gonna try to tell like my my stepsons or my daughter, yeah, you wanna be like that man. Hell no. Nah. That's okay. Like but as it pertains to what he's what he's done for the country and what he's done for melanated people, I can't knock him for that. Like the facts is they are what they are. Like like you he he's like one of the things that stood out to me the most that I read that he passed an executive order for a kid for um parents to have a freedom of choice for where their kids get to go to school at. So what does that mean? That means that no longer we as zip code dictate where you get to go to school. And he's and he said that. I thought that was really profound, because usually you gotta go to the school that's that you're in district in. But now you could go to he passed an order to, to set for where could go to school in, in a different district. Um, and we know that the kids who are mostly affected by that are melanated um, kids in the, in the melanated communities. They're, pre, they're ones that's most affected by that. So I was like, oh, that's, I thought that was amazing. Like, so now a, a, a little melanated child, they could go to a much better school and they're not, they're not confined to the zip code just because they grew up. It's not the fault they grew up in a poor area that has no resources and been systemically oppressed. They could go to different school and get a better better education, a better, even if it's a public education, get a better education. So I thought that was great. Now, no you know, low, like lowering taxes, people don't understand that, you know, when you lower taxes, you have more money in your pocket. If you have more money in your pocket, you're able to help stimulate the economy more uh uh on a, on a more consistent basis. So and when you hire taxes, that like you gotta that that's what caused the recession. And um certain presidents that, that have done that. I, I get like you want to hire taxes for the rich and lower them from the poor, but it's just not that it's not that simple. I used to think it was that simple, but it's not. So he did that. And i I, I could tell you first I I benefited from that. Because I was able to have more money in my pocket and have to pay as much in taxes, and then um, him actually going to the melanated communities and having conversations with them, inviting them to talk and express their disdain for certain for certain things that are going on, and lowering um, sentences for like marijuana possession, like lowering those those jail sentences, and giving people a second, giving our people. A second chance at life for something that that's not even a real drug, something that's natural to the earth. Um, those are just a few things that made me say, "Damn, you know he's he's not as bad as people make him out to be." And they're trying to everybody they're trying to turn everybody against him, so it could so it could create chaos. And then if, they, if there's chaos, they're able to bring in this whole new world order and bring in the military and bring in martial law. That's what they're trying to do. So they're you're mom. saying so you're saying something? So you're saying Trump is not a racist? I don't know if he's a racist. I'm, I would say that he, he might be, I, I really don't care. I, why? Because if he is racist, it's not impeding on him doing his job as a president. And not, not to mention every president that's been in office has been racist. So I don't see why people make it seem like him being racist is such a big deal. You got ordinary, you right. You right. ordinary people are, are racist. I have more control over your life directly than he does. All I'm saying is that him, if he even if he is racist, he's doing a damn good job of hiding it because he doing he doing more for Black people than Obama did for for us for any Democrat for that matter.
3: To be fair, for the other racist presidents, we didn't really like like it didn't matter as much. It, it always mattered, but it mm-hmm. most matters now. If he was racist, because we're kind of more like woke and stuff, so oh, yeah. like, I wouldn't say it's not important because there is a lot of black people in America.
1: Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. right. So um, I, I, do, I, I, go ahead, ahead Brie.
3: I'm gonna ask, um, how do you feel about the way that Trump handled this whole pandemic situation and how he's just been handling everything with it in general? Does it oh.
2: You? I'm, I'm I'm so happy you asked that question because there's so many misconceptions out there about how he handled it. So people are blaming him for how he handled it, but people don't don't. This is why you can't you can't listen to the news or to the media because because why you guys could look this up. In January, before this virus was over here, when it was videos about people dropping dead in China. What did Trump do? Trump put a travel ban on China. Nobody was able to come in or or, or go out to China. He prevented anybody from China coming in. And that was, I think at that time, I think there was maybe only one case of the virus over here. He shut everything down immediately. So, But what happened after that, Anthony Fauci and others well, mainly the World Health Organization, they started saying, "Oh, it's not like they started telling, don't worry about it. It's not that serious. It's not going to affect us like that." I've I've seen all the news clips. I've seen the documents. Everything. Everybody at that time was saying was was downplaying the virus. Not him. You can't say he was downplaying the virus when he put a travel ban on China. Where did it, where did the virus come from? China. We all know this. We all know it was orchestrated in the lab over there. So when people say he, he and I, I don't, listen, I don't care who the president is. If they doing stuff to help the people and doing what's right, I'm with it. But he put a travel ban, he shut down the borders and tried to prevent them from coming in here so that it wouldn't even get as bad as it did get over here. And as soon as he did that, they, they made him open it back up, saying that it wasn't that serious. The World Health Organization and the CDC—they said, "Oh, it's not that serious." Like you could, you could go back to news because everybody's talking about it's not that serious. Number New York saying, "Oh, we're still going to have our party; it's not going to affect us." And boom, Trump like, "All right, well, I'm getting pressure from World Health Organization. I try to do the right thing. Well, let me open up the board since it's not that serious." You know, Trump has advisors; someone has handlers too. So imagine, like, I'm, I'm trying to make the best decision. That's like, that's like me, that's like me trying to. Tell my daughter Chloe, all right, you just, you just, all right, you just, uh, you sick. Let me make sure you don't go outside no more. Let me, let's stay in the house and rest for a while. Then, then mom cousin comes along, and the rest of my family come along, saying, "Oh nah, she good. She ain't that sick. Let's bring her back." outside. "Send her back to school." That's that's exactly what happened. And then and then because of uh, and then once everything um, broke out. Like crazy, now all of a sudden it's Trump's fault, and, and, he, and he said himself. He said it was an audio I just heard the other day. He said he tried to downplay it because he didn't want people to panic. So he didn't want people to to go to go crazy and panic, but it was getting worse and worse. So I think he I think he did his best to try to handle it well. I think if it was a Democratic person in office. They wouldn't have they wouldn't have even i know for a fact they wouldn't have even try to shut down the borders they sort of said oh they just sort would of have just said no it's okay and then but i bet you if it was anyone else people wouldn't be saying the same thing but because it's trump and they have an agenda they're trying to turn everybody against trump everything he does is bad and that's it's just not it's just not the case so i think does he he hasn't handled everything I don't think he, he hasn't made the wisest, the wisest decisions and things that he says. And people take little clips that he says and just like blow it out of proportion. Um, and he, he does need to be uh, much wiser and be more cognizant of the fact that he's a president and there's always odds on him. But in terms of his actions and how he tried to be proactive and how he was trying to fight human sex trafficking that no other president has ever fought before. I'm sure a lot of you don't even know that. I'm not going to not support somebody trying to tackle real issues that no other president has tried to tackle and being proactive and trying to stop a, a disease from coming over here. And he called it first. He said it's from, it's from China. And people call him racist because the disease came from China when everybody fucking knows it came from China. Everybody knows it came out of China. So that's that's how I feel about that.
0: Right. Um, so, Mr... Mr. Uh... Yeah, Mr. J, uh, my question to you is, what are your thoughts on Trump when he says he wants to make America great again? And do you believe that he can make America, quote unquote, great again?
2: Um. So, yeah, that's a, it's a, to me, it's a, it's a little, it's a little ambiguous when you say make America great again because it's like, all right.
1: Exactly. I was about to go there. Yeah.
2: Yeah, like it's like all right, like great when and great for who? Because um, because if you if you start trying to break it down, I'm sure if I, like we spoke to him, I'm sure he, I think I think he would, I think he means like, in just in terms of capitalism, like being able to just work hard, become anything that you want to become, and have the life that you want. I think that's what makes the country great. Um, the economy is what made the country great, where we ran economy and and this capitalism. I think that's what I think. I, I believe that's what he's referring to. And can it get to that point? Yeah, I think it's it's already. It well, it was. I mean, it, it was it was uh, projecting that way. Like the economy was the best it's been after a depression ever. And no, it's not, it wasn't just Trump. Obama had something to do with it. But you got to understand, anytime there's a there's a depression or anytime there's a war, the economy always goes up afterwards. It always goes up. If you look at every war that happened, it's only been two of them. And then, well, no, then the war in, in Iraq. The economy is always going to go up, no matter what. However, under Trump, the economy went up in a record of, a record fashion, and he ended up producing more jobs in his in his uh, his last um his last four years. No, he ended up producing more jobs in a few months than the Obama administration produced in uh, in two terms. So, in that regard, in terms of capitalism, yeah. But um, great in terms of like like uh, social economics we got to have a conversation because it's like great would mean that both races have an equal playing field and that's never happened. Um, and I don't think he can, I don't, I'm sure, I'm certain that he can't do that. Um, his the administration can't do that um, because it's just, it's just no way because um, it, it's too many different factors that play into why things are the way they are. And until, until they completely like be fair, like stop poisoning our water, and you know make sure that we all just like uh, Bree said, like we need to live in um just as adequate neighborhoods as them. And like yeah, we might we might tear it up, but like they we know that they put they infiltrated drugs in our neighborhood and everything. So if they was like, you know what? Let's let's stop giving them the, these horrible foods. Let's stop messing with the foods. Let's stop poisoning the, the water that goes into those communities. Um, let's add more police policemen in these inner city communities and and enforce strict curfews like the suburbs have. All that stuff uh, that would kind of provoke things to change. And I think uh, that's the only way America would truly be great. But Again, I think when he says it, I think it's just in terms of capitalism, like just being able to live that American dream, quote unquote. But social economics, nah, it's never been great. Okay, gotcha, gotcha.
1: Right, right. Now moving on, we're gonna talk about uh sports and the protests that you know all the sports <laughs> are doing. Now, yeah. you know, LeBron is my man's, you know. I consider him a goat in this generation etc yeah, yeah. Le- leBron you my homie you know you you, you 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 have a black you have a black wife you know you have a black family you're there for your your, your kids you're a great great father wait, wait. but I think you don't know what you're talking about sir I really like I really don't think he knows what he's talking about and I think he's he's giving out the wrong uh he's he's saying stuff that black people don't say at all or what black people think from 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 my experience alone so, I want to ask you, Mister May, what are your thoughts on the NFL protest, the the NBA protest? Like, how you feel about them boycotting the games? Uh, two weeks ago for the NBA.
2: Yeah. So I assume that when you say he don't know what he's talking about, I think you're talking about his his remarks, responding to like the Jacob Blake situation or whatnot.
1: Definitely, definitely, right. Oh,
2: yeah, yeah, we, yeah, hundred yeah, percent. He he was way off base, and yeah, like. That was just so just irresponsible. Um, it's it's tough, man, with the boycotts, cause like they the heart the hearts in the right place. Um however the problem is like we're so quick to react. We don't get all the information. You know what I'm saying? We we just react we see the clip, we react, and we we all outrage. And with the Jacob Blake thing. Um like, yo, he was they tried to tase him. <laughs> like he he was he had a warrant out because he had he was just accused for sexually assaulting a black woman in front of her child. Like he he was that's what the cops was called on him for, for that. And he, instead of him just like, like just taking the L, like, you know what, I'm calling, My kid's in the car. Let me just not make a fight. Let me just go away peacefully and let the justice in like, him. Nah, nah, he got to fight the police. They tried to tase him. Tasing him wasn't working. He got one cop in the headlock. Then instead of stopping, he walking away from the cop and go get a knife. And the cop got trigger happy, which is, Wrong. There's no need for you to shoot somebody in the back. There's no need for that. Um, that's just that's just that's just poor execution as a cop. You shoot somebody. Like you, you have the, you have a tactical advantage when you're in in the back of somebody. But let's be honest. Why were the cops call like this? It's not. It's not like people make it seem like he just. He was just an innocent family man. The cops saw that he was black. Wanted to mess with him. He was he was resisting, trying to be messed with. Therefore, he got shot. No, he was he just had allegedly committed a crime. To so I, I
1: didn't know that. I really didn't know that.
2: Yeah, a lot of people don't know that. Like you got like people. That's what I'm saying. People are so quick to react, and then you know he he like none of y'all. I know none of y'all on this panel gonna tell somebody to fight with the cops. It's not gonna go good for you, no matter. Yeah. You know what I'm saying?
1: No, I never encourage that. Always, always, yeah, exactly. always, always say comply. Even when the, the cops
2: is wrong, still do it because your life is at stake. Exactly. You know that at the end of the day, they got more, they have more power than you. It's it's unfair in that, in that small moment, but you got to think big picture. And it's like, I know if that was like, I had a warrant out for my arrest before, but uh, cause I, I didn't pay a ticket. My license was suspended. They, put, they ran my plates, pulled me over. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, like yeah, you know, you got a warrant out okay, can your license. I'm like, oh couldn't nah, I, I knew I had it, I knew it was suspended. But I ain't I was just hoping they were just gonna let me go. And the cop, white cop, in a predominantly white white city where I was living at, he, he was like he was like, Listen, um, I know your kids in the car. Like, right, come over here, we, we're gonna we're gonna have to arrest you and you know, take you to the to the courthouse and get it taken away, but I don't even make a scene, your child, your, child you know, your wife's in the car. So lie. I didn't like it, but what kind of idiot would I, would, I, would I have been to just start fighting with the police, knowing my wife at the time and my daughter in the car? It's just, it's, it's, it doesn't track. It's like, it's just stupid. It's nonsensical and stupid. It should never happen. Just like the cop shooting him in the back should never happen either. But would a cop had an opportunity to shoot him if he just had complied? even though he was definitely in the wrong, he just had allegedly committed a crime, he got the cops called on him. So, yeah, LeBron James didn't know what he was talking about. And because people were getting all up in the arms about what happened, because they they're reacting to the video. Nobody knows the facts of the case. Nobody knows any of the details. All they see is that somebody getting shot seven times. And, and again, that's wrong, too. That's definitely wrong. But this goes back to our people making better choices. Like you, you got a You got a, a record of harming your own people and women on top of that. And Zach, you know how I feel about women. Like you right. harm you harming women in the black community, and then you got the, you have you have you have the audacity to be resisting arrest. and You got your kids in the car. No, like you, you he can contribute. You contributed to him getting shot. That didn't have to happen. Well, yeah, just take the up. Like, no, all right, let me just listen. You know they got at the end of the day they got to prove it, especially when you got kids in the car. It's about having awareness. And so, so when the boycotts happen, I'm like, I get it, I gotta get it. Like, but it's like people just want to ride. They want to ride the wave, the wave of emotions. And like I said, he he shouldn't have gotten shot that way, but he also he wouldn't have been in that position had he not made the choices that he made. And, he, like, nobody put a gun to him and to told him to go sexually assault another woman. He chose to do that. And, unfortunately, you got to live the consequences of your actions. So, like, I, I understood why, but I couldn't agree more with you. LeBron James didn't know what he was talking about, and I think he was kind of upset that he didn't, like, spearhead the boycott, like, the Bucks, the Milwaukee Bucks did. So, yeah. I think- Yeah, I think he felt some kind of way about that, too. Yeah, he
1: was tight; He had to be
2: tight about that. (laughs) Yeah, but family didn't say black people are scared. I'm like, listen, like, I know all my friends are are melanated. All my teachers, well, most of the teachers I teach are melanated. Mm -hmm. Like, we're not scared. Like, we're not walking. I'm not scared of the police. I don't think, oh, of them not You know what I'm saying? Nah. So he, he was wrong. He was wrong and responsible. And. That's why people be telling athletes like just shut up and dribble. Now I get it. I didn't get it before, but now I understand. It's like <laughs> you crazy, yo. <laughs> <laughs> you crazy, yo. <laughs> and now, but 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 think about it though. Like he he out here just like like amping us up. He don't even know the facts of the case, and, and he he got caught like just being completely ignorant. Say they ain't, they didn't try to subdue him, but they did. It's so a whole other clip with him buying the car, wrestling with the police officers, they, them, them tasing him. So don't speak on political issues if you're not informed. Absolutely. Yeah. That's so, yeah, that's, yeah,
1: absolutely, absolutely. Um, but yeah, that, that's all we have for today, everybody. Um, I want to thank Mr. Cottrell May for coming through, giving us his input, you know, what's going on in the black communities, this, that, and the third, telling us the work that he does for our people. And you know, I want to say thank you, man, for coming through.
2: Yeah, yeah, yo, it's it's an honor to uh, yeah, to be on with y'all. Like I, I listen to y'all to you stuff. Mm. I've been spreading the word. Like I told my my father, even even before before he was gonna have me, on, I told me yo, y'all listen to this. I sent sent y'all to my cousin. I appreciate that, you man. Know. We appreciate that. Yes, yes sir. Yeah, hey, yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, cause we, I yeah, just a. The fact that y'all welcome, you no know, um, objectivity, and I know I know y'all y'all, y'all want the, the same thing I want, and that's just for us to be better, and like come back to our rightful place and dominance and royalty. On absolutely, this planet. absolutely. So, and I'm behind that, absolutely. What's your Instagram, man? You
1: know everybody want to follow you on Instagram or Facebook. You want to throw that in there <laughs> <laughs> with their social media. I don't, I don't know if you i don't know if you have like a business page or anything like that you want to just you know tell them about I the work. you know the i know you, you do something with um insurance and stuff you want to
2: put the <laughs> folks on
1: they want to hit you up
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah you point i mean instagram it's um this teacher how to love me you know it's like it's like a triple entendre you know it's the word teacher um yeah, teacher. Um, in an H E R. And how to love may like my last name. That's my Instagram. And uh, and yeah. Um, anybody trying to you know, they want life insurance. So like you probably got the wrong type of insurance, which is a whole life insurance. That's that's a scam. Like Dave Ramsey would tell you, it's a scam, and it's a waste of money. So like people who have kids or you just want to just have protection, you know, definitely, um, hit me up on Instagram. Facebook is, uh, it's K trails. Plus we a trail, but it's just trails with a Z at the end. So K a Y then T R E L L Z. And, uh, Oh, can I, um, can I have her come on and, um, shout out her, uh, the organization in the, in the website. Sure. Get on here right now. Yeah, Absolutely.
4: My name is Aja, and I live here in um, Troy, New Hampshire. And I am the executive director of Stand New Hampshire, which is um, our organization is focused on dismantling systematic racism um, in all systems, and focus um, exclusively on education and making sure that we have um, that we are implementing a new curriculum instead of doing like a Black History Month. And I'm doing quotations. You obviously can't see me. But Black history um, is American history. So that's why our our focus is on that, to make sure that we are not teaching um, European oppression to any student, I mean, to any peers or students, and to make sure that a lot of, um, and I'm going to say melanated a lot. Um, I don't like saying Black. Um, Obviously, I'm very careful with my words and how I speak, so so. So we want to make sure that we are getting to children young, um, such as preschool, even before kindergarten, because that's when actually children start wondering and that's when their, you know, creativity is like at its peak. So instead of, you know, people going ahead um, and kind of you know, saying, let's not talk about race and you can't ask certain questions. We need to be addressing those questions and we need to make sure that we're having comfortable conversations so that by the time they get to the 12th grade, they're able to have emotional intelligence and also realize that they are not stuck in a particular situation because of their skin color.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: So that's what I am doing here in New Hampshire.
1: <laughs> Absolutely, that's what's up, that's what's up. I'm so proud of you, sister. Keep doing your thing. I
3: that so amazing. And I think that um, that you're going to impact a lot of people by what you're doing.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, that's uh, a- very dope. Very dope. Yeah.
3: That's, a, that's a revolution.
1: That's a revolution right there.
4: It, it completely is a revolution. Um, and, you know, a lot of people, honestly they don't comprehend right now the fact that our history is so deep and it, the roots go so Thanks. far, and we have not learned, um, you know, not even one tenth of it. We haven't learned anything from it, which then takes you to a place where you have no place to identify. So you're feeling lost in this world when, you know, technically we are all connected. Every single one of us is connected because we are part of the human race. However, it's been broken down and identified only as colors. Mm -hmm. So instead of everybody, you know, focusing on, yes, the human race, let's make sure that we are teaching everyone the correct history and making sure that we're teaching everyone equally. Um, We've now broken it down into color to specifically identify people to make sure that they are known as the weaker or the stronger, um, you know, or the victor or the conqueror. So we have to get rid of all of that verbiage and get rid of all of those things, which. Again, it starts with education and making sure that we get into the education system to start teaching the truth, uh, because you have to realize, too, that the, what I'm doing um, is actually it's never been done before up here, which is why I'm so excited, because we have learned, I mean, 401 years of us crawling, us begging, coming into this world, saying yes, massa, and that is not <laughs> true. <laughs> so we have to break that down, and it's it's going to be quite the task. Uh, however, I'm up for the challenge because I my ch- I have children, I have three children, and they go to school up here, and um, I will no longer be okay with my son coming home and saying, I learned about Martin Luther King and Rosa Parks. And I said, "Okay, well, what, what black mathematician did you learn about today?" Mm-hmm. And he just looks at me. And I said, "Okay, well, what did you learn about? You know, what else did you learn about when it came to, you know, excuse me, um, you know, black kings and queens or melanated kings and queens? Tell me about that." He just looks at me. So mm-hmm. I felt like I was doing a, a a a disjustice to my child at that point, not teaching them. So I started teaching them, you know, about melanated people and about every single culture that they were lacking information on. Um, in school. So just as, you know, I tell people a lot too, human beings are so complex and we have to comprehend that there is a difference between being human and human beings. Everyone Mm. can say that you are human. However, being human, you have to be compassionate. You have to be empathetic. You have to feel people on their deepest emotions and say, you know what? I feel you. I got you. I can comprehend so we can work on this. And that is what is lacking because we have so much division right now.
1: Wow. Wow. Wow, powerful! <laughs> that shit is powerful! Absolutely powerful! Wow! Thank
4: you, thank you. Def-
1: we definitely, we definitely, 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 you have our 100 full support on what you're doing. thank you for what you're doing for our community. Like I really appreciate it because we need more people like you, more black people, more melanated people yeah, like exactly. you. We no, and I, people like you.
4: I would love to come back on. Um, you know, absolutely. And talk a couple of other things too, because. Right now, like I said, the division, we have so much work to do. And I mean, right now, people think that having protests and holding up, you know, banners and holding up flags and saying, yes, this is a temporary win. But it's really not because we have to look at the longevity of the situation. The only way that melanated people are going to be able to pull through this strongly and still hold our heads high is with education and economics. We need to make sure that we, that the stuff that has been destroyed, such as Tulsa, such as Rosewood, mm -hmm. you know, we need to make sure that we bring back those communities and bring back the pride and the character that, you know, maintain those communities. So So, when I, when I'm saying that I'm educating, I'm educating to the fullest before you even, you know, before the baby even comes out of the mommy's womb, I want to make sure that that mother is educated enough to say, listen, I will not let my baby carry this burden. So I would definitely love to come and speak um, and, you know, just I don't even know, just give you updates on what I'm doing.
1: Absolutely. We would love to have you. We would love, love to have you. We could work something out. We could get you on most definitely because we need you. We need you. We need your brain on this. We, we need your brain on this platform. And you, We need you to ele- <laughs> educate melanated people because, wow, you're powerful. And I like well,
4: you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. I truly appreciate it. Um, And, you know, you guys. To definitely congratulate yourselves, too, because this this is very important in just showing that there is another way and that we can share, you know, share information and do it in a constructive way right. where everybody right. has to say their piece. However, they're feeling as though they're being heard, which that's the most important part. People right. want to be heard. They want to feel like, you know what, you get me and I get you. So then you can open up that dialogue for conversation. So, <laughs> I mean, you guys, congratulations to you. I'm completely thank impressed. You. With
1: that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We appreciate that. You have an Instagram or anything you want to shout out you have a you know social media platforms or anything you want
4: to so We do we have a stand um so our Facebook is standnh um Facebook and then our website is www.standnh.org and anyone can contact me anytime if they're looking to volunteer or just know what we're about so it's aja a j a h a l l at standnh.org
1: You heard you heard of you're to get on that
4: definitely contact and find out because again you know a lot of people say solidarity which that word i don't even like the way it flows out of my mouth because it means too much we need to realize unity that's all that we need is Mm -hmm. unity so when we come together because one voice yeah you can yell all day but many voices we have to be heard and we will be recognized so when we actually come together as the community that we are supposed to be then change will happen. Ineffective um, change will happen because then everyone will be like, listen, we're on the same page and we need to be, you know, we need to make sure that our pages go far and our chapters are long.
0: Exactly.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, well, thank you guys. And thank you. We needed that. Thank you. you um, are <laughs> well, that's the first episode of season two, everybody. I'm your boy, Zach. This is Sin. This is Bree. We got Cottrell May, aka Smart Guy. Now nah, I'm just joking, bro. <laughs> 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 I'm, just, I'm, just joking. I'm just joking. Aja, thank you for coming through. We definitely gonna get you on the on next episode. We definitely need your wisdom on this show. We appreciate you for dropping them jewels on us like that. Be oh, yes. sure, yes, be sure to follow us on Instagram, guys, at the underscore minds underscore. I repeat. Please follow us on Instagram at the underscore blackminds underscore, and you can also follow our Facebook page at Zach Sinbri, capital Z, capital S, space capital B. There you go. So be sure to follow our pages for more content, and see you guys later. Stay melanated. Love.
4: <laughs> Bye, guys.